Welcome back, children of the revolution, to What You're Not Listening To, the audio educational and anthology series here on AcesSpadesPDX.com. And I'm still Daddy Ben Bear, Ben Brown Jr., your host, show producer, webmaster, audio engineer, researcher, videographer, and writer, doing all here on the DIY. And uh, today, uh, this is something you just need to file under uh, Strange But True. This is a partial list of songs that a major radio network didn't want you to hear in the aftermath of the terrorist attacks of September 11th, 2001, which would be 20 years ago and just about a day and a half from my recording this. This is concerning the Clear Channel 9-11 memo. And warning, one or more of these tracks contains lyrics some may find objectionable, and you're going to find out more about that in just a second. It is often said that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And sometimes you often wonder what exactly those intentions were to begin with. In the aftermath of the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks, Clear Channel Communications, a media corporation that is now known as iHeartMedia, a group of unnamed executives distributed a list of songs with the vague phrase of quote-unquote lyrically questionable. The list primarily focused on tracks with lyrics that related to heaven, hell, planes, death, fire, violence, the month of September, the day of Tuesday, and New York City, even if these lyrics had absolutely nothing to do with terrorist violence. It seemed a haphazard list at best, and eventually came across as heavy-handed and ham-fisted. Adding to the strange nature of the list was that Clear Channel initially denied it even existed, which made news organizations want to further expose their lying about it, since the list was never an outright Ban. There were a total of 165 entries on the list, with three in particular garnering the most attention. What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong, New York, New York by Frank Sinatra, and any, and I mean any song by Rage Against the Machine. The list even featured a song with German lyrics, further adding to the confusion. The list skewed heavily toward white male classic rock acts, and there was even a suggestion that stations might not want to play songs that were uplifting in nature. One obvious admission was Juicy by the Notorious B.I.G. with a lyrical reference to the original World Trade Center bombing of 1993 that killed six people. A great many songs with political overtones were seemingly also left off the list, especially those from the late 60s and early 70s, such as music by the MC5, though I'll be honest, the thought of never again hearing Eve of Destruction by Barry McGuire is more than all right in my book. Again, speaking personally, I get it to a point, but ultimately, a corporation never makes these types of considerations without some kind of material motive, and I need you to read this as affecting the bottom line. It seemed less an attempt uh, to be sensitive to listeners and more of an attempt not to upset them so they wouldn't move on to something else and not come back. These are 18 of the tracks on the list, and if you listen to them not knowing anything about what Clear Channel attempted 20 years ago, you might not understand it at all other than a random playlist. Oddly, 20 years ago, I didn't understand what any of their intentions really were either, nor may we ever fully know what the hell they were thinking. Okay, now with all that being said, our first act hails from my hometown of Los Angeles. They are a multi-ethnic group featuring black, white, and Hispanic members. They were one of the most highly influential and successful alternative rock acts of the 90s, even though they only released three albums of original material, a covers record, and a live record. After their breakup in the early 2000s, the band have since reformed and are currently a live touring act. Uh, 
from the album The Battle of Los Angeles. This is Rage Against the Machine from 1999 with Guerrilla Radio, and we'll see you in just about 30 minutes. Yeah. 
Concentrate on Johnny Angel because I love him and I pray that someday he'll love me and together we will see how lovely heaven will be. I'm in heaven. I get carried away. I dream of him and me and how it's gonna be. Other
like an angel Walk like an angel Talk like an angel But I got wise You're the devil in disguise Oh yes you are Devil in disguise
see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright blessed day, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow. So pretty in the sky, or also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, "How do you do?" They're really saying, "I love you." I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. Like much more than I ever knew, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world! Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful. Spreading the news, I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it, New York, New York. These vagabond shoes are longing to stray right through the very heart of it. New York, New York. I wanna wake up in a city that doesn't sleep and find I'm king of the hill, top of the heap. These little town blues are melting away. I'll make a brand new start of it in old New York if I can make it there. I'll make it anywhere. It's up to you, New York, New
city that never sleeps And find I'm a number one Top of the list King of the hill A number one These little town blues up to you Welcome back, children of the revolution, to what you're not listening to, the Audio Educational Anthology series here on Ace of Spades, PDX.com. And I'm Sylvia Armand, Monkey Bear, Daddy Ben Bear, Ben Brown Jr. Doing all here the DIY, the 20th anniversary of the September 11th terrorist attacks in New York City, which destroyed um, the World Trade Center, uh, attacked the Pentagon. There was another plane, of course, that went down in Pennsylvania, and over 3,000 lives were lost. A terrible, terrible tragedy. Um, and what we're looking at today is what a major corporation attempted to do, um, but oddly enough, refused to even acknowledge that they attempted that they did it at all. It was very, very strange. It was a very, very strange time. I mean, the whole for about a week afterwards, it was if you weren't there and weren't alive during the time, it was. Like nothing else I've ever experienced, it is literally going to be one of those defining moments of that generation and in American history. Um, but let's get back to the reason we're all here. And this is the Clear Channel memo, which uh, which is now iHeartRadio, and a bunch of unnamed executives attempted to tell people and radio stations that they uh, controlled what they should be playing and not should be playing after this uh, this horrible incident. Um, and to this day, we still don't understand why. We kicked it all off of, with Gorilla Radio from 99, from Rage Against the Machine, from the album Battle of Los Angeles. After that was Johnny Angel from 1962 by Shelley Fabre from the album Shelley, the exclamation point. Fabre, born in Santa Monica, California, released this teen triangle single about unrequited love and desire, and it hit the pole position on the hot Billboard Hot 162. At the time, she was also a primary cast member of the Donna Reed Show. Her singing career was a side product of her very long and varied uh, acting career, which included numerous one-off appearances on television and film for decades, uh, with the sitcom Coach being her longest career achievement. She was also married to producer Lou Adler for a time and has been married to Mike Farrell of MASH since 1984. Yes. After that, from 1982, from the album Gap Band 4, that is the Gap Band with You Dropped a Bomb on Me. Brothers Lonnie, Robert, and Ronald Wilson were the most consistent R&B hit makers of the early 80s, uh, helping to popularize synthesizers over horns in the development of soul music. Hailing from Tulsa, Oklahoma, they got their big break working with fellow artist Leon Russell, who was also from Oklahoma. 
GAP is actually an acronym for the streets of Greenwood, Archer, and Pine, part of the historically black neighborhood of Greenwood in Tulsa. After that, The People That We Love from 2001 by Bush from the album Golden State. But the thing is, that song was actually entitled Speed Kills. Released a week after the September 11th attacks, the original title of this uh, this song, which is still on several promotional copies that have become highly collectible, um, was Speed Kills. After the attacks, the band from Shepherd's Bush, a neighborhood in London, England, changed the title out of deference to the victims. Shortly after 9-11, the band broke up for eight years, only to reunite in 2010 and continue to tour and record to this day. Following that, a seven-inch single A-side from 1963 by the King, Elvis Presley, You're the Devil in Disguise. Released as a single from an aborted uh, album RCA had planned, this top ten single, one of three dozen the singer achieved before his death at the age of just 42 and 77, uh, signaled kind of an end. Uh, the hits were about to drop for a while after this period as Elvis turned his attentions to a series of truly terrible films that his manager, Colonel Tom Parker, made him perform in almost for the remainder of the decade. Following that, from 1983, um, from the self-titled debut, eponymous debut, I should say, by Nena, and that was 99 Luftballons. This track was by a Western German political rock group named after the lead singer. The band did record an English-language version with different lyrical content, but it failed to chart in the U.S. This version, the original, gives the band a unique chart achievement. It is the highest-charting German-language single on the Billboard charts to this day, and details a group of balloons, yes, Balloons being mistaken for a UFO, which leads to an armed struggle between neighboring countries. After that, from the album Goodbye Yellowbrick Road, Elton John from 73, Benny and the Jets. This was the third single from the biggest selling album of 74, and the double album it arrived from is still the best selling release in John's catalog. It cements the superstar status of John, who initially did not wish to become a performer, but a singer-songwriter for other acts. It was also the ninth biggest single of 74, as considered a rock and pop classic that even made the top 20 on the R&B chart in the U.S. And he, yes, believe this or not, Children of the Revolution, Elton John was once on Soul Train because of this track, and that happened. After that, a 7-inch single A-side by Louis Armstrong from uh, 67, What a Wonderful World. A song with an art odd chart history. It was not promoted by the label Armstrong recorded from the time ABC and Paramount because uh, the label president hated it. So it literally flopped here in the United States. Overseas, however, it was a massive hit, even reaching number one in the UK, which made Armstrong, at the time, the oldest person ever in that territory to have a number one single, a record he held for decades. It finally did reach the top 40 in the United States in 1988 when it was re-released as a single from the soundtrack of Good Morning Vietnam, starring Robin Williams. And the song we just heard, theme from New York, New York from 1980, from the album Trilogy, Past, Present, Future, Frank Sinatra, Old Blue Eyes, the chairman of the board. By 80, Sinatra had been out of the music business for years, going into retirement, not recording, then going on to one of several comeback tours he promised would be his last. This was taken from what is probably his most maligned album in his career, a triple set, yes, three vinyl albums, with a strange song suite on disc three. However, it did provide him with his last ever Top 40 single in this cut, which was originally recorded by Liza Minnelli from a Martin Scorsese film in 77. Alrighty. And our next act formed in 67 in London, and contrary to popular belief, they were not the first shock rockers. That distinction would have to go to Screaming Jay Hawkins, 
recorded I put a spell on you back in 1956. However, in terms of what would become later with acts like Alice Cooper, Kiss, and Rob Zombie, this was definitely one of the most biggest influences in that genre. It reached number two on the Billboard Hot 168, and the parent album reached all the way to number seven. And it was the only hit for the group in the United States, primarily because of its truly sinister intro, which was actually part of a longer song suite on the parent album by the group. It was also very reflective of the turmoil and tumult at the end of the 60s in the United States. From the eponymous album by the crazy world of Arthur Brown from 1968, this is Fire, and we will see you just before the grand finale. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you fire.
day But she don't need time To see me again oh, oh. What can I do? Cause I I'm feeling blue I can't choose It's too much to do
tumbling down, a tumbling down, tumbling down. 7:37, come on out of the sky. Oh, won't you take me down to Memphis on a Oh, baby, run crazy. 
to what you're not listening to here on Ace of Spades, PDX.com's What You're Not Listening To, the audio educational anthology series. And we're coming into the end of our program, the Clear Channel 9-11 memo, where they attempted to tell their uh, the stations that they controlled what they should be playing and not should be playing. And then, well, as we mentioned earlier, they lied about it when they got exposed about it. It's just like, you know, own your, own your, own your stuff, man. I mean, seriously... I mean, to this day, we still have no idea why. So let's recap what we've heard in the second part of our show before we get our truly grand finale. Kicked it all off from the eponymous album. I just, that's my word of the day, obviously. By the crazy world of Arthur Brown, that was Fire from 1968. Following that, um, the title track to Black is Black from 1966 by Los Bravos. 
This was the major label single debut for a group created from members of two different bands, one from Mallorca and the other one from Madrid. Adding to their uniqueness was a lead singer from Germany who sounded very similar to Gene Pitney, a hitmaker in the 1960s. If it all sounds very odd, well, welcome to rock and roll, Children of the Revolution. This recording marks a very unique first. It was the first major international hit from an artist from Spain, even reaching the top five in the United States and a number and number one on a many countries' playlists around the world. Following that, this may actually be one of my all-time favorite songs. From the album Tapestry from 71, I Feel the Earth Move by Carol King. You literally cannot say the phrase singer-songwriter without mentioning this woman, one of only three women in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who's actually been inducted as both. Starting out as a songwriter, she was part of what was uh, called the bill-burning songcraft, a term for professional songwriters in New York City that seemed to capture the mood of record buyers of the 60s. The parent album this comes from is also the longest charting release by a female act in Billboard uh, history and is considered the, and I truly mean the, defining album not only of the singer-songwriter movement of the 1970s, but also kick-started the women's music movement of that decade and beyond. Interestingly, the album was produced by Lou Adler, the former husband of actress and singer Shelley Fabre. After that, from 1970, from the album Cosmos Factory, uh, Traveling Band, Creedence Clearwater Revival. A double-sided single, when such a thing was actually a thing, by a group who defied all odds from their Northern California contemporaries, Creedence Clearwater Revival, led by John Fogarty, who was also the band's manager, hit their commercial peak in 1970, when they released three singles of this nature in a row, all of which ended up on the album, their defining LP. It is based upon early 50 rock and roll tracks, notably Little Richard, who was also the first artist I featured in this podcast series. And for the record, none of the planes in the September 11th attacks were Boeing 737s. After that, from 1957, a 70 single A-side by Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire. A song that sold over 1 million copies in just 10 days, this track launched Jerry Lee Lewis and cemented him in as a force to be reckoned with after his landmark Crazy Arms singles and a whole lot of shaking going on for the Sun Records label out of Memphis, Tennessee. He is literally one of the few rockers of his generation still left alive. His early career, of course, was sidelined when it was discovered he married his second cousin, who was only 13 years of age. He would eventually make his first comeback as a country uh, artist. After that, from the album Jagged Little Pill from 1995, Alanis Morissette with Ironic. What Tapestry was to the 70s, Jagged Little Pill was to the 90s. Canadian board singer-songwriter Morissette was already an industry veteran when she recorded this LP, her third, and first to be released in the United States. It launched a whole new movement of female singer-songwriters as well. As a teenager, she wrote, performed, and recorded two albums of material that achieved success in her native country. Little known fact, she was even once a contestant on Star Search, a weekly syndicated program much like American Idol or America's Got Talent. She lost to an underage country singer named Chad. And that happened. Following that, from the album Help from 1965, The Beatles with Ticket to Ride. To illustrate how clueless the Clear Channel list was, of course, we have the standard bearers of all things iconic, the Beatles. Early in their career, the future Fab Four from Liverpool, England, went to Hamburg, Germany, not even knowing the native language, to play for primarily drunk U.S. servicemen in titty bars and strip clubs. In Hamburg, prostitution was legal. A ticket to ride, by the way, was a clean bill of health from a doctor stating a commercial sex worker didn't have STDs. In the song we just heard, The End of the World, from 1962 by Skeeter Davis, from the album Skeeter Davis Sings and The End of the World. 
Country singer Davis, who was born Mary Frances Pennock, was part of the Davis Sisters, where she would record her first major success, a track called I Forgot More Than You'll Ever Know, still one of the biggest singles ever in the country music history, and a song that even made the Pop Top 20. After going solo, she recorded this song, which also holds a truly unique achievement. No one in 60 years has been able to match. It reached the top five on the pop, country, easy listening, and R&B charts. Yes, all right. And here we are, my God. This song and its parent album made not just our last act giants of the music industry, but true Leviathans and the biggest selling album act of the 1970s. So much debate has been attributed to this song, it's almost laughable, and interpretations exist to this day, including one by a young black couple on YouTube calling the person discussing the song a quote-unquote gold digger. It's about as plausible a theory as any out there. It is also one of the most played songs ever in radio in the United States, even though it was never officially re- released as a single. Strangely, the intro features the most unrock and roll of music instruments, the recorder. Oh, and we can't forget that some morons actually believe the song contains um, uh, satanic backwards masking, which meant if you just spin the record backwards, yes, because that's still a thing, obviously, um, you know, 50 years later and such, uh, that you can hear um, them plead to Satan about how great they are. I'm not even making this up. And if someone out there can tell me exactly what the hell a bustle in your hedgerow is uh, and why it is just a sprinkling for the May Queen, or if you have dedications, comments, love letters or requests, please drop me a line at daddybenbear, one word, daddybenbear at gmail.com. Uh, find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter by typing in Ben Brown Jr. Or find me on my design site, AOSPDX.com, and use the contact page. Love to you all. From 1971, from the untitled album by Led Zeppelin, their fourth. This is Stairway to Heaven. Dream. 
a songbird who sings Sometimes all of our thoughts are misheard You don't know The pipers call 